Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Well, welcome back to another episode of Uncommon Drive. My name is Chad Ozy, and I am here with Jeff Cross. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm good, brother. How are you? I am great. Uh, Jeff is especially good today because mm. he is kicked back in his chair. Man, if you guys could see this, man, I got the chair. It's all leaned back. I mean, I am straight up grandpa today, so <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, we are looking forward to sharing with you again as we kick off this episode. First of all, we want to say a huge thank you. This last week, uh, we had our greatest listenership uh, so far mm. in the uh, in the podcast. Uh, lots of people that are tuning in, and that means that more than likely you're sharing this with other people, and we really appreciate you doing that. Uh, as you're sharing on social media or just word of mouth in locker rooms uh, with people or association meetings, things like that. We want you to know that we take that seriously. We appreciate the trust that you put in us mm -hmm. and uh, hope that what we are able to provide to you is helpful. And along those lines, don't forget to give us a rating uh, as well as a review. Uh, reviews are especially helpful for us. Uh, because of the way that it works with the algorithms in Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Amazon Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to your podcasts. Mm -hmm. So uh, thanks so much for that. Today, Jeff, we are hitting a topic that a lot of times we don't like to talk about. Uh, we're talking about mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, my guess is as long as you've been doing this, there's been at least one or two mistakes that have happened in your officiating career. Uh, most of us have one or two that happen a week. Uh, it seems like, you know, uh, do you have any, you know, significant mistakes that kind of stick out in your memory from your career, Jeff? Well, where do I start? Right. <laughs> where do I start? I have, I have multiple mistakes. Um, I'll share this story, this mistake that I made and I was early in my division one, uh, officiating career, but I, uh, I was at a game, it was end of the half, back when we played halves, not four quarters or periods. And it was the end of the half, and there was like just a few seconds left in the in the half. And a shot goes up, and it misses, and it gets rebounded from the other side, and then they tap it back in, and it goes in all while the buzzer's going off. Okay. And it's my responsibility to you know count this basket or cancel it. Now, I'm telling you, <laughs> as I'm sitting right here, this is exactly what I did. You know, I, if, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm waving my arms going, you know, no good, no good. I did it twice. And then in the third beat, I decided I'm going to count the basket now. Count the basket. <laughs> <laughs> and my partner says, Jeff, 
it looked like you wiped the basket and counted it. <laughs> so I got it right. <laughs> I got it right. Well, together, I, got I got it right. this baby right. So I remember that in the coach. Um, now we ended up going to their monitor and got, got the correct call, whatever it was. But but the coach came off who this call went against. And I, I want to be careful what I say, but this coach said as I'm walking off, Jeff, you better get your bleep out of your your head out of your bleep. <laughs> I said, whoa, all right, got it, point taken. So, right. And that was a mistake that happened in halftime. And here I am. Now I've got, you know, whatever, 15-minute break, and i got to go back and go back to work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to laugh that we made a mistake. You don't have to be able to laugh in order to recover from that. So, But that was just a huge mistake that I made. Uh, baseball wise, I want to tell you a baseball story. Okay. So I was not always the best ball strike umpire. And they always say, you know, that's how the baseball umpire elevates is they have a good strike zone. They're good. Sure. You know, anybody can call safe house at first. But so again, I was probably in the middle of my baseball elevation. So I was working some Juco game that we had. We had three umpires on it because uh, it was playoffs or whatever it was. Okay. And this pitch comes in there, and it's in the dirt, and I call it a strike, which is clearly the wrong call, right? I mean, you don't have to be a trained professional to know that. And then, literally, the catcher turns around and says, can, can we get a new ball? <laughs> because it's dirty, right? <laughs> hey, this one's all scuffed up because it just, you know, I just got buried, you know, at 55 feet, and I called it a strike. And my partner's like, man, you just don't see that very often. Strike called and asked for a new ball. You know, that's just not a good sign. <laughs> so, you know, again, made the mistake. Guess what's coming in 30 seconds? Another pitch. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to get through that. So those are just a couple little physical mistakes that I made just to kick off the episode. <laughs> nice. You know, Jeff, one of the things that you are known for within the women's college basketball world is your communication ability. Something that you hang your hat on a lot. I know you teach on it at a lot mm-hmm. of camps and clinics, that kind of thing. My guess is that you, um, you learned some things about communication by making mistakes in communication, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any of those? Do you have any, any phrases or words, something, you know, we talk about crossisms that mm. we use to get out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. uh, were there some early crossisms that maybe got thrown in the garbage dump That's uh, right. because they didn't work? Yeah. I got some crossisms that clearly did not make the hall of fame for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. A couple of those, okay. um, a couple of them that come to mind, uh, Again, early in my officiating career, I, uh, you know, it always happens, right, where the fouls are are lopsided. Mm-hmm. So one what team's it, got eleven, the other team's got two. Right, exactly. So we have we have lopsided fouls, and it's halftime, and the coach says to me, you know, I'm high school, whatever it is, and says the fouls are eleven to two. The fouls are eleven to two. <sighs> And me being the foolish person that I was back then, I said, I said to this coach, literally said it, well, if the score is separated by 10 points, we don't give the other team more points to make it even, do we? <laughs> right? <That's> right. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense sure. if you hear it and say it, 
but it it's not received very well at all. It's just Guessing not. Coach was not a fan of that. No, process. he was not. Of course, now I got to go at halftime and mark that baby off the list. Okay, don't use that one anymore. You know, <laughs> sometimes we just use phrases because we we like. I like this phrase. I want to use it. Or I want to use this response only because it makes us feel better. Sure. Now, knowing full well that it won't work. Mm-hmm. Another one was, um, and, you know, again, this baby went straight to the garbage can afterwards. And it was a situation where the head coach was asking me, and, you know, again, younger in my career, um, coach was, or the assistant coach was asking me a bunch of questions, you know, always commenting, you know, whatever it was. And I looked at the head coach and I said, um, if you have a problem with me and something that I'm doing, I don't send over my wife to tell you my responses and my complaints. And of course, this assistant coach was not happy about that scenario. Sure. You know, that is, those are things we just, I, I never say now. I may think them and, and I, I would even caution this. I would even say, stay, I would even say, stay away from thinking them. Mm-hmm. Because if you're thinking them, sometimes your mouth just can't help it. It'll mm-hmm. say them because your brain is. And you will say it, and then you will regret every moment after that. So, yeah, a couple little, again, I think early in my career, I realized that it's not open mic night out here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have these people take this job very seriously. Yep. I need to do the same. And if I want to be um, uncommon about it, I need to find a way to different communi- find a different way to communicate. Yeah. You know, humor can be phenomenal on the baseball field, on the basketball court, on the football field. Mm-hmm. But it has to be so specifically used. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time it has to be used with the coach that you already have a relationship with. Mm hmm. Very rarely is it possible to use that kind of communication with somebody that that you don't have a relationship with mm-hmm. and it go over well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that, that humor that would work nine times in a row with one coach, the tenth time just falls flat on its face or mm-hmm. maybe even worse than that, blows up in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can be tough. And, and I tend to want to use a lot of humor when I communicate, I think we all do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think because for a lot of us that just, it feels like we're de-escalating, right? Mm-hmm. If, if we can get a chuckle out of somebody, mm-hmm. well, it's a whole lot better than getting a scowl or mm-hmm. a yell or a whatever. Uh, but, but it's tough. I, I remember a couple just really key, you know, mistakes that, that I've made. Uh, I had one in a, in a baseball game where we just, we just flat out misapplied a rule. Um, and, and misapplying a rule is, is not, not a good thing. It had to do with awarding bases after an overthrow. Of course, it means that then that runner ends up scoring that wouldn't have scored. Oh yeah, that's the winning run. Of course. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a whole kind of deal. And, you know, you go in after that game and you immediately pull out the rule book to confirm that you were correct. And oh my goodness, we weren't. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm the kind of person that typically really prides myself on my rules knowledge. And so that was that was a really tough one for for me to take. There's one though that I, I really remember on the basketball side. Um, this was several years ago when our rules were slightly different concerning uh, intentional fouls and technical fouls. Mm-hmm. At that time, we had these. Unsporting fouls and unsportsmanlike fouls, (laughs) which were all sorts of weird things. And the way that we would adjudicate them were different. 
Um, and so I was in a very, very tight junior college basketball game. We had this situation come up and, um, I very clearly knew how we were supposed to adjudicate it. Mm -hmm. I, I knew the rule. I knew all that kind of stuff. And uh, crew chief got us together real quick and said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And I spoke up and I said, that's, that's not right. That's incorrect. And, uh, and the crew chief was adamant that that was the right way to do it. And I tried to bring up again one more time. Hey, no, we need to do it this way. Nope. This is what we're doing. Here we go. And we went and we did it wrong. <clears throat> and uh, that happened early in the second period. So we go at halftime and the very first thing that I do at halftime is I, uh, I grab my rule book and I look to confirm whether I was right or wrong. But I had already determined in my mind I wasn't going to say anything because it's, it's halftime. It doesn't help us right then. I, I know the rules, so if we get in the same exact situation in the second half, I can say, guys, I went into the rule book. This is where we messed up. We can't mess up a second time. Uh, it was a split crew, uh, some female, some male on the crew that day. And so when everybody got back together, the crew chief saw me looking in the rule book mm -hmm. and made the comment, well, see, I was right. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I was not going to say a word, right? And so I just handed the rule book over and I let the crew chief read it. And the crew chief's head, shoulders, demeanor, everything just dropped mm -hmm. because we'd gotten it wrong. And the crew chief kept saying, oh my gosh, that's on me. That's on me. I blew it. I made a mistake. I messed up. And, uh, and in that moment, um, something just kind of came up in me uh, that I've really carried since that time. Uh, and the phrase that I used to say, that wasn't a you mistake. That was a crew mistake. Mm. Um, some people say that's not a me mistake. It's a we mistake. Sure. I, I like the you and the crew because a lot of times that's, it's somebody else that's wanting to take it all on them. Right. And, uh, and I said, I am just as much at fault for not being able to clearly communicate why we should have done it the other way. Mm-hmm. And so some people can say, well, why are you telling the story of somebody else's mistake, right? They're the one that said they do it the other way. No, no, no. That's not the mistake that I cared about. The mistake that I cared about was the fact that I didn't have the communication ability with my crew that night to be able to effectively get us where we needed to get. Truth. Because if I would have been a better communicator, our crew wouldn't have messed up. Yep. So, again, it wasn't wasn't a you mistake it was a crew mistake because mm -hmm. at the end of the day every single person on that crew is responsible for knowing how to adjudicate that right and um you know i don't care if it's just a bad call um you know you're you've got a call and the moment you put air in the whistle you're like why did i do that or the moment you call strike and you knew it was a ball or right. the moment you call mm -hmm. safe and you mm -hmm. knew it was an out or whatever it was we have all had those moments where we're like why in the world did i do that mm -hmm. um and and my guess is is that anybody listening right now if you've been officiating more than five minutes <laughs> you've right. made a mistake <laughs> yeah right you you put your hand up with a fist on a violation when it should have been an open hand or vice versa, you pointed the wrong way or you called the wrong color. 
um, you know, there, there's something in your career that, that has been a mistake. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for many of us, we care about what we do so much. And, and I know that the, the sporting world does not see that. The sporting world thinks we show up and get a check and we like having a power trip over people or whatever it might be. But the truth is I have yet to meet people who are passionate about officiating who do not care deeply about getting it right. Right. Yeah, probably more so than anything. That's right. That's right. More than whether or not they elevate, more than mm -hmm. whether or not they get the big game or whatever, they care, am I getting it right? Mm -hmm. Am I doing it right? Am I serving the game that I'm working in? Mm -hmm. And so when we hit those moments where we make those mistakes, the question is, how do we get out of it? Yeah. You know, you talk to the coach and you make the offhanded comment about fouls and points and that blows up in your face. How in the world do you get out of it? When you count the basket and wipe off the basket, <laughs> you know, when you, you had to say you it shoot again, the wrong you? free throws, <laughs> when you, whatever it may be, you know, Jeff, for you, you know, what does it mean to try to recover from something like yeah, that? The mistake recovery strategy, right? Okay, let you me know. let me make sure I hear that. So a mistake recovery strategy. Right. You All need right. to have a strategy. Um, if, you, if I can, a couple things I need to do, right? I need to speak to someone else. Okay. I need, I, I need, so, so if it's in game yep. and I have that issue, I need to have a voice with someone else that is not related within that mistake. Okay. So um, let's just say in your situation where you can't convince the crew chief. Yep. You know what I mean? Or, or or this mistake, right? So if I know that I've made a mistake, let's say I'm the crew chief and I made that mistake and you've just pointed it out to me. I have to speak to someone else. It's To me, I, can't, I won't recover as well or as fast or as quickly if I continue to talk to you about the mistake that I made that you pointed out to me. Gotcha. I have to talk to someone else because that fresh voice is going to send me some different messages mm -hmm. that I may hear where right now I, I don't want to say that all people do this, but a lot of people see you, not you personally, but mm -hmm. when you receive that message from that person, they see them as the enemy. That's right. This is the enemy. And I can't continue to talk to the enemy because if I do that, I'll never recover from it because I'll just be trapped into what the enemy has is, is done. So I have to find a neutral corner, per se, and speak to other people. When I make mistakes during, you know, let's just say at the end of the game or whatever it is, and we discuss it with our crew, and, and here it is, and I've contacted my coordinator, all those things right now I'm driving home. One well, now the first thing I do is contact someone that is of a neutral voice. Mm-hmm. And walk them through it, you know, and, and you know, I'm going to hear because they, they don't have anything invested into it sure. besides your feelings. Right. And then, you know, they can give you some real honest feedback and and maybe even laugh and go, oh, yeah, I remember that one time I called the strike when I hit the dirt. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it makes you just understand things that are OK. I did make a mistake and I'm probably going to have some repercussions here. But so has everyone else across the universe. Mm -hmm. And we're not the only person who's made a mistake tonight. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We make mistakes daily on the floor or on the baseball field or wherever that may be. The only difference is your mistakes are one when someone else's was a 10. Yep. And one never gets noticed. 
Mm-hmm. It's the 10 does because it wasn't a tight ball game or overtime or whatever it is. So I have to speak to someone in a neutral corner. I have to do that. And the other thing I really have to do is I have to find some humor. Okay. If I don't find humor in a in in my not necessarily in the mistake that I've made, but if I don't find some humor in general, I will just marinate in this mistake and it will consume me. Okay. Um I've even said as much as if I'm just having a bad day in general, let's just say nothing's going right. I got a flat tire, I ran out of gas, my windshield wipers are broke. Everything's going bad. Uh, you know, I always joke. There's nothing that 30 minutes of America's Funniest Home Videos can't fix. <laughs> you, you know, you had a terrible day. Mm-hmm. Get something humorous on because humorous is very repairing to your body. You know, and it'll it'll clear your head quickly. Now, you when you get done with 30 minutes, you may have to go back and revisit this mistake. But that's the way I recover from mistakes. Is I I reach out to neutral corners. And I and I try and find humor somewhere, whether that be on TV with you know a good friend of mine that has nothing to do with my mistake, and is go and I know when I speak to them they're going to make me smile, they're going to make me laugh, they're going to you know those kind of things. And it doesn't always have to be the spouse, the wife, the husband, or whatever that is. It doesn't have to be that person. It can be just someone that maybe you haven't talked to in in three months, but every time you talk to them. You tend to have you know a really good conversation and you you smile a lot. So that's where I'm at. You know, I I think there, there's a huge difference between that mistake happening while the game's going mm-hmm. and that mistake happening while the game's ending. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's the last thing we walk off the court with, man, that's tough. Because mm-hmm. now it just sits there. It's hard to flush it. But so let's let's talk about the in game mistakes. Okay. Right away, um, you know, again, what's calling the strike a ball, calling the ball a strike, um, you know, calling a travel when you know it wasn't a travel, mm. you know, what, whatever, right? You know, those, those things that happen that seem like small things. What, what I find is that it's super easy to shake off one of them, right? But what happens when it's two or three? that have begun to snowball mm. just a little bit. And so now it's not the one big mistake, right? It's not adjudicating the rule incorrectly. It's just, man, I'm, I am not at my best tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if normally I'm a, I'm a B plus official man tonight, I'm a, I'm a C plus at best. Mm-hmm. How do you begin to recover from those small mistakes so that now that C plus doesn't, end up being a D minus. Yeah, cuz it does picks up it picks up momentum real oh, man, real quick. So fast. Well, and I think, you know, I've I've said it. Everything's contagious, right? Mm-hmm. I got news for you. Bad calls are contagious too. Sure. You know, you grab one of the at the 5-minute mark in the first quarter. If you if you don't <laughs> recover from that mistake, it will happen again at the 4-minute, the 3-minute, the 2-minute and meanwhile, you just can't do anything right. That is all there is to it. So, um so the question was, how do I how do I recover during the game, right, or during in in game scenarios? And, and I'll say a phrase that I'm sure that most people have heard. And if you hadn't, you're probably not around officiating that long. But you got to go back to the basics. You have to go back to basics. When I'm having trouble behind the plate and I'm calling ball strikes and strikes balls, I tell myself, quit, quit trying to be fancy here. Just lock in. 
get the same head height every time, and don't do some fancy strike mechanic. Just do, just call a strike a strike. Mm-hmm. Get to those basics because those coaches could care less if your strike call looks good or bad. They care whether it's correct or not. Yeah. So, and I do the same thing in basketball. Man, if I start, you know, slipping in that way, back to basics. You know, I'm not coming out of my third. I am not going to try and extend like maybe I was trying to help out my partner. You know, I th- I think it was June Corto that said one time in a meeting, you know, we spend so much try so much time trying to help in our partner's areas that we don't do a good job in our own area. Mm. I'm like, well, what a great concept. Mm-hmm. Just just take care of the four or six people that are in your area and they'll take care of their four or six people and it's covered. But we, we're, we're always trying to, how can I how can I be the superhero? Yeah. Well, if I'm struggling, I, I ain't got time to be a superhero. Sure. I got to just do what I can do to get some momentum or contagious mm-hmm. into the acceleration into, okay, now he or she is an above play call, above ball strike umpire. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I would do. You know, for me, one of the biggest things that I have to do is I have to immediately begin to get into my own head. And I know you sometimes use the phrase that the moment you get in your own head, you're behind enemy lines. I I get that. Mm -hmm. For me, what I mean by that is, is that I have to make sure that my voice is the one I'm hearing, Mm -hmm. not somebody else. Mm -hmm. Very good. Because it's really easy in those moments where, man, maybe I've had a couple bad calls. Or maybe they weren't even bad calls, but maybe they were just... They were contentious calls. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hearing things from one coach or both coaches. And now you're beginning to question yourself. Man, I thought they were good calls, but were they? Right. You know, we've all had that moment. And again, I don't care what sport it's in. We all have those moments, you mm-hmm. know. All of a sudden, you got you got one dugout that's complaining about balls and strikes. And you're like, okay, well, they're just upset because they're losing. But now you're hearing it from both sides. Like, hey, well, man, do I, am I just really not very good today? Or right. is everybody mm-hmm. cranky or what's going mm-hmm. on? And, and on the basketball court, it happens all the time. And, you know, because we're in front of the coaches so quickly mm-hmm. and get that opportunity for that communication to take place. And so when I'm hearing things from, you know, from players, coaches, and especially fans, you know, when we hear that kind of thing, it's really important for me to slow myself down and make sure that my voice is the predominant voice that I'm hearing there. Very nice. Okay, Chad, I know, I know that with 23 seconds left and 18 seconds on the shot clock and a team calls timeout, we're not going to turn the shot clock off. Like the fan just yelled at me from four feet behind my head (laughs) last night in the game. Yeah, Turn it off. Right. (laughs) You know, because because when we start doubting ourselves, all of a sudden, every voice becomes a viable voice, mm. right? Now we start doubting, well, is that what I'm supposed to do? No, it's not what I'm supposed to do. I know that's not what I'm not supposed to do. But if I'm not hearing my voice predominantly in that moment, then it, it's so much easier for me to allow those mistakes to snowball. And once that snowball starts rolling down the hill, it is really, really tough to stop it. Literally impossible sometimes. Yes, Absolutely. Which then, you know, brings us to uh, sometimes we recognize the mistakes. I would say for most officials, we recognize those mistakes um, right away when they happen. Mm-hmm. There are times when there are mistakes that we we don't recognize. Um, the other day, Jeff and I have a, a, a good relationship to where if, if Jeff, Jeff sees something in a game of mine, he'll communicate with me right away. 
Um, the other day, I was watching a game of Jeff's, and during that game, while he's still on the court, mm. there was something that just looked really funny to me on the video. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just sent him a text so that he would get it before he left the locker room. There was one little, I, I gave him a timestamp and everything from the game, you know, with X in the third quarter or whatever it was. Hey, you may want to look for this. Because we talked a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, communicating with our coordinators, talking mm-hmm. with the boss, that there's mm-hmm. some things that we need to talk about right away. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, hey, you may want to take a look at this. And after he came off the court, he shot me a message back. Can you grab a clip of it? Mm-hmm. And so I went super high tech for all of you out there. That's I right. put the game <laughs> on the TV. I rewound because <laughs> I've been watching it. And, you know, the, the cable allowed me just to rewind it. I pulled out my phone and I shot video of my TV screen. Perfect. You cannot get more high tech than That's that. That's right. Fred Flintstone, here we come. That's right. <laughs> and so I sent it to him and uh, he took a look and, and it was a mistake that nobody noticed when they were on the floor, mm-hmm. right? Um, happened afterwards. And, and again, the reason why you know our crew extends beyond just the people we work with that night our crew extends the people we have relationships with Mm -hmm. because that that helps us in moments like that you know it's better to have that knowledge right away and uh but we all know now that when we come off a game whether it's baseball softball basketball football whatever we're getting video clips regularly so let's just say you finish a game and whether you knew there were issues coming off the floor or maybe you didn't know whatever, but now it's 24 hours later, 36 hours later, and all of a sudden you start getting clips in your inbox, Mm -hmm. right? Where somebody else is pointing out mistakes. Mm -hmm. How does your mistake recovery strategy, your MRS, Mm -hmm. how does that apply to what happens then? Yeah. Um, It's basically the same, but... I think there is um, a longer mourning process. Okay, explain that to me. So when that happens, because if we're two days later, 48 hours later, all of a sudden now these mistakes come get pointed out to you. you you've you've went through maybe even two more games mm-hmm. since then, and this now you got to go backwards, mm-hmm. and you thought. You know, oh, I, I, you know, we did it. You know, obviously, there's never a perfect game, but for the most part, we felt like it, it was it was to bed. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of like you know the scab is broken open again. Like, yeah. oh man. And I think the mourning process is longer because you were wrong in your assumptions two days ago, mm. and that hurts personally. Sure, it you know it has a great effect on you. So now you're reliving what you did two days ago, which, you know, we all try, hey, turn the page, right? Go to the next play. You know, all those things, we got to do that. And now we got to back up. So that, that makes it, it has more sting to it. That's all there is to it. It has more sting to it. And it, it um, it's disappointing to your supervisors. It's disappointing to, you know, whatever your video coordinators are. It's, it's disappointing ultimately to yourself, it should be, mm-hmm. that why didn't I not catch this? You know, what what happened here? So, yeah. So now I've got to spend another day, we'll say, evaluating these clips, mm-hmm. trying to recover from those mistakes, whether it's one or ten. It, let's face it. If it's one mistake, let's say it takes you 30 minutes to get over one mistake. Well, now if you've got ten, 
you know, we're hours, we're hours and hours, all depends how big it is. So we're spending that time living in the past and it's very, very difficult. At least for a guy like me, I, I'm, can't, I'm not very good at living in the past. I try to learn from the past so I can make the next day better, but that's where it just has more sting to it. It has more such such an intense feeling you know because you're trying to you're trying to evaluate words that are typed on a screen and what is the feeling behind the words that are typed on the screen and what are you doing you're probably putting your own emotion into those words even though that may not be the emotion that's actually coming through but that's what we're doing we're inserting our own emotion because and usually it's not very good emotion because if you're you're personally taking it like, man, I cannot believe I'm, I, I messed up on these plays. Well, you're putting that emotion into the same, into the email. So mm-hmm. I think, but again, I did the same thing. When I got, you know, when you get those clips two days later, you're calling your friends. You're calling your, you're calling your friends, whether they're involved in officiating or not, to just get a neutral corner voice. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then, you know, you got to find some humor, you know. And and when those situations happen, almost exclusively every time. So if I have a game on Tuesday, do a game on Wednesday, get clips on Thursday, reevaluate all those clips on Thursday, do a game on Friday, and then, of course, it goes off without a hitch. You're, like, celebrating. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. ooh. You know, and, and now you're calling your friends. I, I did it. You know, right. I didn't I didn't drown this time, you know. So, um, but. Because in the same way that you said, you know, a, a mistake or two can snowball in a game, mm-hmm. a game can quickly snowball into two or three or four. Sure can. Sure can. And, you know, it's it's got to be the the. In baseball, if I'm going to use baseball as the best example here. When we miss a pitch, there's another one coming in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. When we mess up some plays, you've got to see some more plays. The worst time ever to have any kind of mistakes is the last game of your season. Mm-hmm. Because now you're six, nine months before you see another one. Yep. Now, it may have been, you know, here and gone, but as soon as you put on that shirt again and you put that whistle on, that baby's gonna, it's gonna bring back some memories. Like, oh, wait a second. So, that's what I want to do. If I make a mistake on Tuesday, I want a referee on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I want to. I don't want. I don't want to be on a on a four days off before I referee again. I I want to be able to get out the referee again to prove, if anything, to myself. Okay, it was a mistake, and those two happen. Now look at all the correct things you've done the next day. So, absolutely. You know, and I think one of the things that's really key about something that you just said, you know, you're, you're reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. I believe that we also need to reach out to people so that other people don't make the same mistake we made. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most cathartic things to dealing with mistakes, Big part word. of my mistake recovery strategy, yeah, it's cathartic. I is, like it. <laughs> is helping people not make the same mistake I made. Mm-hmm. Um, last night, I had a, a game and we made a mistake and I'm emailing my crew, make sure our crew understands we made a mistake mm-hmm. so that they don't make the mistake again. Mm-hmm. I will probably 
talk about that mistake in my pregame over the next week or two or three, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't want other people to make the same mistake that I did. Right. And if I can save somebody else making that mistake, now there's this little tiny bit of it that feels like, you know what, it was, I didn't enjoy making the mistake, mm-hmm. but there was good that came out of the mistake. Right. Right. Um, I believe that poor officials, I, I hate to use the word bad, but I think a lot of other people would say bad officials mm-hmm. choose not to learn from their mistakes. I, I think most of us would agree with that. You make a mistake, you call the ball in the dirt, uh, strike, and everybody knows it wasn't. And what do you do? You say, oh, well, it was a 12 6 curveball and it dropped in low. And so, yes, that's a strike. Make an excuses for yourself. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't learn from that mistake. Mm-hmm. I think good officials learn from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Man, I made a mistake. I need to track that pitch better. I called a travel when it wasn't a travel. I need to do a better job of picking up pivot foot. I mistakenly adjudicated that rule. I need to make sure I'm in the rule book in some way, shape, or form every day, just keeping fresh, so that little stuff doesn't catch me off guard. Whatever, right? Um, So I think good officials learn from their mistakes, but I think great officials learn from someone else's mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's easy to learn from my mistakes because it hurts. It's personal. So I don't want to feel that way again. Uh, You know, I'm somebody that came to officiating late in life compared to a lot of people. I worked with a guy last night who's 22 years old, got tons of upside, can call a great game. Um, You know, if he continues to put in the work and do those kinds of things, he's going to get unbelievable opportunities opened up to him. Um, You know, I I started in my late 30s. And so the joke that I made to people was, I don't have time just to learn from my mistakes. (laughs) Right, right. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't have years 22, 23, 24, 25 to make mistakes. So then when I'm really being considered for stuff later, I've worked all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. I I just didn't have that opportunity. So for me, if Jeff makes a mistake and I see it, I don't want to just acknowledge it. I want to internalize it. I want to feel what he's feeling so that then I learn from his Mm -hmm. mistake. And I think a lot of us in officiating, we're good at pointing out other people's mistakes. Sometimes if we're honest about it, it almost makes us feel better or superior because we say we wouldn't have made that mistake that they did make. Yeah. Even though that's probably not true. Yeah, for sure. You know, but I think if instead of just pointing out someone's mistake, if we would choose to learn from that mistake, that could be a massive tool in our toolkit for recovering from mistakes. Because if I can recover from a mistake I never had to make, <laughs> right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what we, that's where we want to be. That's why the rule book's there. The rule book's mm-hmm. there so that we learn the rules and we don't make the mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But we all know we still sometimes make it. So mm-hmm. if I can learn from somebody else's, that's, that's going to be helpful to me. Yeah. I'm going to add to your good, uh, wait, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. So bad, good, and great. Yeah. So a a bad official doesn't learn from their own mistakes. Right. And a good official does learn from their mistakes. And a great official learns from somebody else's mistakes. And a genius official can learn from someone else's mistakes, learn from their own mistakes, plus learn from 
the the surrounding community or of officials, mm. not just the people you're talking to. Gotcha. You know, it, it, maybe that is you know a little bit more spread out of great, but I th- mm-hmm. I think where we make the mistake is we aim for great. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to use phrases that are uncommon. Yeah. I think genius is way above great. Mm-hmm. And I've asked people all the time, okay, when you're communicating with the coach, would you consider that good communication, bad, good, great, or genius? Mm-hmm. Most people will not admit to genius, rightfully so. And my thought, when someone answers that question and they go, yeah, I was genius in that communication, I would say you're overestimating. Mm-hmm. Let the others decide if your communication is genius. Let the others decide if your call selection is genius. Let the others decide if your rules knowledge is genius. That is what you're aiming for, but you're never aiming to call yourself genius. Let the others do that. And that's what I mean by that community will tell you. The community will tell you that, hey, if if there's a word stronger than great, that's what you are right now. That's where I put genius in, in that that phrase, I guess. So. Well, you know, I love that. And I love the fact that that doesn't have to then be specific to your sport. Nope. You know, again, you know, I watched some football on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I saw some officials doing things that I feel like I can bring into my baseball and basketball game. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm, if I'm looking at it with that critical eye, mm-hmm. that helps me. If I look at the way the teacher in the classroom deals with a difficult student, that mm-hmm. may help me mm-hmm. in how I deal with a player on the field. Mm-hmm. If I look at an interaction with my boss at work, you know, and how can I apply that to my coordinators and supervisors and things like that? So that mistake recovery strategy, part of it is just continuing to pull little pieces out of life that can step up and help us when we most need it. Yep. Yeah. And people don't realize how maybe effective they are in certain situations until you get someone from the outside to speak into that Mm -hmm. or someone that has never done what you've done Mm -hmm. and go, what you do, I have a lot more respect for. You know, Jeff, you were talking earlier, if I remember correctly, you had a quote that I think kind of ties in right here. What, what was that again? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a good one. All right. Your perspective creates your thoughts, which create your reality. You know, and so that goes back to some of this mistake recovery strategy that we're talking about. If my perspective is I'm having a bad night, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm then my bad night, that's going to dominate my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? It's turning into a reality. Yep, it's a bad night. And it went from bad to worse. Yep. Um, you know, as we talked about how to, how to recover, you know, our mistake recovery strategy, our misses here, all right, MRS, I heard you say that we need to have another voice speak mm-hmm. in. Whether corner. that's in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, on the court, maybe that's, and there's, there's confusion, there's this, I'm going to talk to somebody at the book or uh, play-by-play or whatever, just, just to get some perspective in a second. And it may not even be that we really need the information. We just, we need a second. Mm-hmm. We just need a second leave to the let window, stuff process. Leave the window open. And all, yes. Right. So you, we need to hear that. We need to then 
reach out to people that we know are in our corner Mm -hmm. because not only are they going to care about where we're at, but they're also going to care enough to be honest and truthful with us Mm -hmm. in those moments. Right. You know, I talked about the idea that I need my voice to be the predominant voice that I hear. Which I love by the way. But I will also, I will say that only works if, if you're not tearing yourself down. Right. (laughs) So if you're one of those people that you want to be far more harsh on yourself than you should, then, then you need to be aware of that when, when your voice is the predominant voice that you're hearing, you know, um, I believe that we we have to be honest with ourselves. Yes, we made the mistake, whatever. But we need to be controlling our thoughts, not allowing coaches, players, fans to control our thoughts in those difficult moments. Yeah, it's funny how you say that, right? Because we we do that. We, if I want to have my voice be the the dominant voice in my head, if someone, whatever, a friend calls you and they. They tell you the mistake they made. You're you're compassionate with them. You you know try to console them and get them on to the next play. But you do it and in your own head, and you you don't treat yourself as well as you treat others. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. If if you want the best out of your friend who's reaching out to you, then why wouldn't you want the best out of your own your own personal play calling. So you have to treat yourself the same way you would treat others. Mm-hmm. And when those others are reaching out for, for advice, you're compassionate. When your head is speaking, you better be given, given a compassion. Yeah. And then the last thing that we've talked about is this idea that when we make mistakes, let's not be so selfish. Mm-hmm. And so, um, unsure of ourselves that we're not willing to share those mistakes with other people. Mm-hmm. Because when we share those mistakes with other people, we give them the opportunity to be great. Mm-hmm. We give them the opportunity to learn. Doesn't mean they will, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we've now given them an opportunity. Yep. And so if we say, hey, man, we had this mistake and it should have been team control. And so it should have gone back to white. Instead, we went to the AP arrow and now somebody else got the ball and blah, blah, blah. Well, that helps people walk through and talk about it so that they don't make the mistake the next time. And sometimes that will then give them the courage to be the one to speak up. Because mm. then they have something happen two weeks later, and the crew's confused. They'll be like, no, 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 just a couple of nights ago, I was in a pregame, and we talked through this exact situation. Mm-hmm. We pulled out the rule book. We looked at it. Mm-hmm. I'm confident this is what we need to do. And so now we keep not only ourselves from making the mistake again, but we help protect our crews that are out there. Yep. Crew, you know, big C, right. large community crew. Associations, That's right, right. Whatever, we, right. We help them not make that mistake mm-hmm. because we were open and transparent and honest and say, guys, I blew it. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure you hear about it so that you don't have that same situation yep. happen to you. Well said. You know, and I, I think that is maybe one piece of this that is maybe even more uncommon than the rest that we've talked about. I think all of us, we, we want to think the right things. We want to recover. We want to do that. But I think one of the things that really makes this uncommon is when we take the focus off of ourselves and we begin to place it on others and say, I want to be a benefit to more than just myself. I want to be a benefit to the crews I work with. I want to be a benefit to the teams that I serve and the games that I serve. And, uh, and I think it's a phenomenal way for us to begin an uncommon drive mm-hmm. towards success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I absolutely do. Folks, thanks so much for hanging with us today. 
Um, I, I know sometimes talking about mistakes is not fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so here's what I'm going to encourage you to do today. As you are headed to your game, whenever you're listening to this, whenever you're headed to your game, I want you to think of a mistake that you've recently made. And maybe you're riding in a car today with somebody else from your crew on the way to the game. And just right now, just talk about those mistakes. Hmm. So that way somebody else has heard it. Maybe you're riding in the car by yourself. I'm going to encourage you, hop on the phone, turn on the Bluetooth, whatever, and call somebody and say, you know what? Hey, this happened in my game the other day. And I just wanted to talk through it with somebody. And, and maybe if, if you encounter this, then you won't make the same mistake. And so even right now, just from listening to a podcast, let's make the officiating community better mm. by reaching out to somebody else and being just a little bit uncommon today. Yep. Anything else before we go today, nope, Jeff? That's all I got. I appreciate you guys listening. And five-star ratings, please. Thank you very much. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.